My guest today is the founder of the Octane Group and host of the Tote the Note podcast, Jim Rhodes. Jim will help us see the flipping business from a whole new perspective. If you buy and sell vehicles for a profit or you want to, you're in the right place. This is the Flipping Genius Podcast. Our number one goal is to help our listeners make more money. Every episode, we share information, ideas, and experiences of real-life car flippers. I'm Randy Lee. I'm the host of Flipping Genius. I've flipped cars most of my life. For over a dozen years now, I've been a licensed dealer. I am working to build the best podcast about successfully flipping cars for a consistent profit. Let's get to it, flippers. Flipping Genius Podcast, I'm really Really honored and excited today to, to have Jim Rhodes, uh, the uh, founder and CEO of the Octane Group and the host of a fantastic podcast uh, called Tote the Note. Uh, and, and, and Jim, thank you for being a member of our, of our flipping forum. Uh, of course. We're, we're trying to build that and make it something that will help us all be better at our business, whatever level the business we're, we're, we're in. But I know that you've got a... Uh, probably a, a much more detailed background that I'm letting our, our listeners know about. Can you tell us a little bit about where you come from and what you do? Sure. I always tell people I kind of found my way into the car business. I sort of found me like I was, I started out in the retail and sporting goods business, you know, as a young man, I was a partner in a pawn shop when I was 24 <laughs> years old. And that was kind of led me into, you know, other uh, opportunities, but I closed the sporting goods store in 1995 without any real plan for what I was going to do next. And I just went to the car dealership and started selling cars and had some success and stepped into management in the new car business. And then in 1997, the group that I was working with um, came to me one day, knowing that I'd already started some businesses in my career. They asked me to go open their buy here, pay here dealership. At that time, they had five of them. I helped, helped them open number six. And that was kind of my introduction to buy here, pay here. I kind of, I remember I just kind of said, sure, I'll do it. But what is it? Like, help me. What am I doing? You know? So, uh, so that's kind of how the, the business just kind of found me. And, um, but I loved it. The, the, the buy here, pay here business, which is a terrible name for the industry. You know, people, we meet people all the time that we have to explain to them what buy here, pay here even means. It's really just deep subprime financing. It's car dealers doing their own financing for the customer that we describe as unbankable. They don't qualify for conventional financing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I stepped into. I managed a store in 2000. I was offered an opportunity to come do consulting in that space. The company that did training and software for us offered me a consulting gig. And so I moved to Sarasota, Florida in 2000, started doing consulting. Mm -hmm. So now the work that I've done in training, consulting, analytics has taken me all over the country in the buy here, pay here space. I've now been in 26 states professionally calling on finance companies and car dealerships. And, you know, most of them are on the smaller side. They're either new. We work a lot with startups, people just getting in the business, mm -hmm. uh, but it's really just kind of been, it's, it's that deep subprime space, which I love because it's kind of beautiful entrepreneurship. We get to, it's unconventional. We get to be creative and, and kind of figure out ways to help the customer and Mm -hmm. I, I often find myself saying to my dealers, look, if it's if it's legal and your software will do it and it's good for you and it's good for your customer, why wouldn't we do it? We just got to, you know, we got to figure it out. Right. So uh, it's just a beautiful part of the business. That's mm -hmm. it's, it's exciting to me because it's, you know, I there's so much I don't know about the car business. Um, yeah. And I and I I learn that every day. It seems like um, I got in the car business by accident, honestly, myself um, mm -hmm. and it never worked 
for anybody else in the car business. The only way I know how to do it is the way I do it, which yeah. is, it, it, and, and that's an evolving thing all the time. So of course. I've always kind of been fascinated with the buy here, pay here uh, side of the business. Although I, I, I have to admit, I was completely ignorant really about, about, and I probably still am because I'm learning from your podcast. I'm learning as I, as I go. And uh, you, you posted some things recently on the, on the, the forum, which got me thinking. And, and that's why I was so delighted when you, you said, yeah, I'll come on and, 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 and talk to your guys. And I think it's, it's exciting because our audience is an interesting audience. We, we, uh, we, we've got guys like me. I've been in the, the, I've been a licensed dealer for about 13 or 14 years now or something. Um, real small time using, you know, sell, I'm a bottom feeder to sell the cheapest stuff to the, the people that can barely afford to, to, to buy mm-hmm. the, the price uh, of, of a cheap car. Of course, tax time right now, they're, they're showing up, you know, two at a time, uh, right. but that'll be, that'll all change two months from now. Um, right. And they've got, you've got, we had a guy, uh, I was so pleased. He just, he just got his dealer's license, young guy out in uh, uh, Utah. And, and he, posted something on there is I was just tickled to, to know that I had helped him make that start. And you've got other guys who are, are still flipping cars out of their front yard. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. just the reality, mm-hmm. uh, flipping genius. You, you, you know, you know, that that's, that's case. Uh, we call them curb stoners. Uh, I've had the, uh, association president, uh, Randy Jones from here in Alabama, come on and, and, and tell us about the legality of that. And we've, we try to talk to our audience about getting your dealer's license and, and, right. and stepping forward. And I also know that we've got guys like Randy, who's a member in the and uh, a past president of the Ohio Association of Independent Auto Dealers. That's a, a member. And we've got dealers all over the country who are who are listening to this podcast, too, who are in different levels. So it's it's we're right. addressing all those folks. And I think this is exciting because I know you can teach all of them something. But I got to hey, Randy. Remember on remember stay on track because I know you've got a, a, a schedule in front of you. So I'm going to kind of stick to the questions I wrote out for myself. Uh, okay. I'm an old offensive lineman. It's, it's best that I'd stick to the game plan all the time. I hear you. It was a linebacker for me and tight end on the offensive side. So, yeah. You don't want to run audibles with, with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing I tell my mechanic is, and I, 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 I this has developed over the last couple of years, is, my goal is to make it safe and sellable. That's that's what I'm looking to do when I have a car. Um, but th- it's an interesting thing because when I sell a car, I want it to be that. But I also have this talk about when that car hits the the pavement, it's theirs. You know, they they they, they, they my my I tried to get it to this point, but now you take it over. But I I understand that that. Uh, uh, that's a different story in the buy here, pay here business in a way, because you you're uh, I heard I heard some uh, the comment keeping the customer in the car. Right. Uh, right. Something. Uh, can you explain what that means and what's the long term importance of that? I can't explain it. It'll take about four hours to get to the whole. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a. Uh... It's, it's really about, it's about supporting the customer that's making payments to you. So obviously we want to support our customers, make them happy anyway, but as a dealer creditor, mm-hmm. we also have a vested interest in making sure the car performs well enough and we can support the customer and keep them making payments and obviously have them have success. So it's a little different. It's like I say, you know, we also, a lot of our clients, and, and I was a dealer myself, by the way, for seven years, and I did strictly as is, where was the, and we helped customers on the other side. 
So I would say, you know, the car is as is without warranty. So it doesn't mean we won't help you. It just means we won't pay for it. So there's other ways we can help you, right? Mm -hmm. So we were strictly as is. So if you take that premise and then you deliver the car to the customer, then we have to be able to support them because you're talking about a lower income customer does manage their money very well. So if there's a setback, water pump goes down, you know, you just got to have ways to help them get from, you know, here to there. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that evolves for buy here, payer people. And there's all kinds of great solutions now that, you know, ways to support through reinsurance programs and different ways to create warranties and service contracts and that sort of thing to support the customer. But it, it's really like the difference in selling a car cash versus what we do is we're sort of stepping into a three-year relationship. I mean, now cars are expensive. It might be a four-year relationship with a customer, but it's the idea is that we're, we're really stepping into a relationship of sorts. And so we have to be prepared to support that in order to make it then nurture it to make it work well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just a whole different mindset. Although I'm learning from you because I, I, I do talk about that as is, but I like, I like what you said there. Certainly I, I I'm not trying to leave people in the lurch and say yeah. Forget where I'm at until you're ready to buy another car. Sure. I liked what you said. Uh, you've been doing this longer than me, so you, you say smarter things. I, I tell you one, and I've, I've met, learned from some smart people. I have to tell you the story about a, a woman that I met uh, who was a dealer uh, up north, and she used to tell her customers, look, when you drive out of here, if the car breaks in two pieces, you own both pieces. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. like, just understand it's yours after the cross to the curb. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I, now I understand from uh, some buy here, pay here guys that I've gotten to know a little bit at the dealer auction uh, that, and I, and I heard you mention it about warranties and things like that. Now, is it, is it common that uh, let's say that water pump goes out on the car and it's a, a Lincoln a MKZ, like I sold this week and it, and it costs $2,200 cause you got to pull the engine. Do they, do they set it up so that they can, tack that on to the loan or, or is there is there something like that that buy here pay here dealers do that's probably one of the first things that happens you know it would be like a side note a repair loan so yeah they can do a, a note attached to the original contract or sometimes a separate parallel note so that would be one option um, the reinsurance program allows the dealer to either offer the customer a supplemental service contract just like they would through a third party but they can sort of self-insure that mm -hmm. and uh, and enjoy the profits from that program and then they can also do a warranty instead of a service contract. They can set up their own warranty program. They just build some into a fund and they support the customer that way. So, but that's also intended to be a profit center for the dealer, but it, it provides support for the customer throughout, mm -hmm. you know? And so I often say, even if that program broke even on the reinsurance side, at least you would have solutions to get your customers back on the road quickly, which is important to everybody. We all need our car yesterday, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. like, you have to have solutions to be able to keep, get repairs turned around quickly and keep the customer happy. And, and in our case, you know, you think about it as a, it's a cash flow stream. Customers are paying $400 a month for three years. We don't want to interrupt that cash stream. We want to keep them making those payments and, and uh, keep them happy. So, and, and they're referring friends and family members all along the way, we hope. So it's all a part of that support program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it fascinates me to, you know, it's a whole different business model. Yeah. And I, I, I work hard to try to get those referrals to come in. And, and I, I even work with other dealers to try to uh, get referrals going back and forth between us. Um, right. But I definitely can see how uh, the more I think about this, the more I think that this is a pretty, pretty smart way to do business. Uh, well, dealers do really well with it, right? I mean, they're, and, and it really, it's, it's, 
obviously attached to the car business. It's, but I often tell our clients that we meet that are stepping into the business new, yes, you have a dealer's license and yes, you have cars on your lot, but you're really stepping into the finance business. Mm -hmm. Cars just happen to be your product, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's really, it's, it's a finance business and it's a tough time for buy here, pay here, used car prices are way up as you and your audience know really well. So it just means the risk per contract for the dealers is as high as it's been, you know, on a, on a 10 year old car with 120,000 miles, there's a lot more risk in that contract now than there was two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the things I, I was hoping to talk to you about. Cause that we, uh, you, you had opened my eyes with, with something you had posted on our, on our flipping forum group. And guys, if you're not a member of the car flipping forum, you really ought to join. It's free to join. And my whole goal is there to, is to get all of us sharing with each other and uh, both our, uh, our, our, our victories, those are fun to read, but also the the, the uh, difficulties we're facing. And as we get professionals like like Jim to join, I mean, he knows so much about different elements of the business that it is, it's a, frankly, it's a no-brainer to, to be a, a part of it. Um, and, and it is growing. We're, we're close to 500 members and, and they're active guys and it's getting to be more and more active people. I, don't, I, I shouldn't say guys, I'll get myself in trouble. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and it, and it is it is growing. So, yeah, definitely get on there. and You'll see what I was referring to. A, a couple other things. And I've been listening to your podcast and, and, and I'm, I'm probably just just enough to be dangerous now. You know, that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I, I heard you say today was collection efficiency. Uh, that, yeah. that, seemed, that seemed to be an important thing, at least at the moment when I wrote it down. Can, can, yeah. can, can you elaborate yeah. About that? Yeah, of course. My my wife and business partner tells me sometimes that I I, I get a little too technical with some of these kind of explanations. So I'm uh -huh. going to try to keep it high level. Basically, what collection efficiency is is a way for us to measure um, the amount of money we collect from the portfolio. You know, if you think about a portfolio having 100 contracts and those customers owe you 100 dollars, you know, this week or whatever, then the portfolio is projected to bring in a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. So what we then do is we, we track those projections and we track how well we actually collected that money. Mm -hmm. The main thing behind that, Randy, is that we're trying to help dealers think of uh, tracking in a way besides just delinquency. It's easy enough to look at a report and say, okay, I have 100 customers and 30 of those are past due this morning. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't tell the whole story. So with collection efficiency, we try to measure how well are they paying, even if some customers are paying late, some paying a little early. Are we doing well getting the money in the bank? So that's the percentage that we try to look at. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, 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 the thing I thought about, the thing that scares me, of course, is, <laughs> is uh, a, a, another one of your guests that talked about term I've heard, lender of last resort. I mean, that's that's yeah. really what you're talking about. I know they they come to me and they ask, do you do financing? And I quickly say no. You know, I, I, it's, it's not been a consideration of mine. I went to a meeting last week at, at the, through the independent auto dealers association uh, with a third party lender that that's it, it prepared to step in and do that, that lending. And, and they talked a lot about the, the, the warranty program you talked about and, and about the benefits that, that I could, I could see it was, it was interesting mm -hmm. to me, but it, it scares me. You know, I'm a, I'm a cash guy. I'm a yeah. Dave Ramsey guy. I like to, I don't want to even have a car payment anywhere near me. Um, yeah. But that's, that's a, you know, what, what is the advantage of, of, you know, being the bank when everybody else says no, that's pretty scary thought to me, but, but how do yeah. you, how do you balance well, that? The, of course, there's a fear factor. We talk about that, you know, um, you know, as a consulting firm does what we do, we think we ought to have a lot more clients, right? Well, we don't because 
the the dealers have some level of fear. Like if you just take an independent retail dealer, regardless of their size, and if they would have an opportunity, like they pass on customers every day, right? Because they can't get them approved at a third party lender and they miss the opportunity to do business, even though the customer's got a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars down, they can't, you know, can't solve the problem. So the customer still needs transportation. So at the end of the day, you're right, we can be a lender of last resort and we can create a solution sometimes that makes sense for us as the dealer. And really one of the big distinctions that I don't hear people really talk about enough is that if you're a third party lender, then you're creating a loan agreement for this customer that you don't meet. Whereas the dealer, we meet the customer in the office, we can do a little more extended application, get to know the customer a little bit, and we're really providing financing in our own inventory. So not only do we have the benefit of the finance income in the contract, we have the profit markup in the car. So we have you know, two ways to profit, a little more what I call reward for the risk that we're taking. So that's why it makes sense for this dealer sometimes to take on this customer. And it's, I always tell people, if you're thinking about getting in the business, you got to really be careful, be, be really thoughtful and forward thinking because it's more than just a paycheck kind of business. We don't really recommend people get in this business thinking only about profit. You really have to have a long-term strategy. I think it also helps to have some level of passion for this customer to support the customer and help them. Because if you don't, it can be, get to be a really frustrating business. If you don't recognize that part of what you're doing there is trying to be an asset to your community and solve a problem that, you know, to help people with transportation where there's a need. And so if we don't come at it that way, then, you know, it can sometimes be a pretty miserable experience for people, but there's, there's a lot to learn. That's what you're talking about with the, the fear element is there's just, it's not the business for everybody, right? It it's, can be pretty capital intensive. It's um, and it's it, customers can require a good deal of handholding. And so it's, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it is, but it is a huge need. I, I mean, yeah. I, there's, yeah. there's no doubt um, that people, I, I, I know they have to have a vehicle to get to the job that they, sure. in order to, to make the money so that they can pay for the vehicle. Right. Uh, and it's kind of a, a, a an evolving, uh, problem i now now that to be honest as i go to the car auction uh every week and as i see the prices going up here's my thinking my, my thinking until i heard your red listen to your your uh, video a couple weeks ago i thought these buy here pay here guys and and, and by the way i didn't call them guys i have another term uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're going toe to toe with me and and i think i can pay i can pay fourteen hundred dollars for that car i'm gonna have to put 600 into it and then i want to sell it for 3400 and and i'll i'll walk away with a thousand dollars profit which is my goal and then mm -hmm. that guy buys the car at the at the at the at the auction the dealer auction for thirty two hundred dollars and i'm thinking mm -hmm. what's this guy doing and i always thought it's got to be a buy here pay here guy they can make as much money as they ever want you know, that that's that i'm just giving it i'm right. not saying this is the fact guys i'm just saying this is randy lee thought in the auction lane and and i really thought this is what's happening these guys are driving these prices up but then you you posted a video and jim said <laughs> they said that that these the, the folks that are that are their customers, they don't have unlimited resources for down payments. They don't have unlimited resources for monthly payments uh, or regular payments. And those cars do have a a finite value. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I thought, oh wow, this is this is not just a, you know. I really thought they these guys all had the the golden goose, and there's no way they could lose. Sure. Um, so we're in a a, a weird time, Jim. We, we're these prices, these prices going up are affecting the buy here, pay here guys too. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that 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 really that was a that was a great uh, video you made, by the way. And oh, thank you. Excellent thank you. job with your your podcast. Um, and in addition to wearing all your other hats, that's that's a that's a pretty that's you got some skills, man. I appreciate that. We've <laughs> we've been out there doing this for a while. We've learned a few things. So yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, now you had a solution though. That that was what, no, that was yeah. great. You did, didn't just. Uh, say, oh, well, that's the end of the story. Um, right. tell, tell us a little bit more about what you said there. Yeah, so the, the solution on what you're really talking about is the term of the loan. Like with these cost of cars going up, you know, the customer has a limited down payment. Typically, we're going to negotiate with the customer for as much as they can can do. And then we're going to negotiate for the payment, as you said. So taking that example that you you mentioned, you know, those dealers will buy that car for that $3,200. they are still going to have to spend that $600 in reconditioning. They're going to own it for four. Well, maybe they're going to get you know, a thousand down or whatever, they're going to have $3,000 of risk or exposure in their contract. But the part that we were talking about in the video that you're referring to is that I'm saying that we, we kind of are in a dangerous place when we start, we take a higher cost car and we serve it to the same customer with the same payment. Cause we've got two ways we can go. We can either, we can hold out for more down payment. We might not sell very many, which is not a very good solution. We can hold out for more car payment or we can require the customer to pay more car payment and they'll agree to because they're in a tough spot. But then we know that doesn't look like a very good recipe because the customer's not going to be able to manage the payment. They're going to fail. So, so the alternative then is to lengthen term. Well, when we start lengthening term on the same car that we were buying two years ago, it's the same car. It's the same kind of finance structure. And now we add onto the end of the note. Well, we just, I'm just trying to make sure dealers are recognizing that there's, there's probably a payday coming on that. Like there's a, there's a, a day of reckoning sort of, you know, this, without sounding overly dramatic. It's like when we, we postpone that two years from now, we're going to be experiencing those write-offs and maybe earlier. But the reality is it, it's a tough thing to kind of describe, Randy. It's like I talk about it in terms of the reasonable life expectancy of the car. You know, when you buy a car, you have some idea. Well, there's no crystal ball. None of us can be sure if this car is going to last a year or four years. But we have some sense based on our experience with miles and, and, and just history of that particular model of a car or whatever, then we have some feel for what the reasonable life expectancy. So I, I ask my clients to do is think about that in terms of the term of the loan that you're setting the customer in. And if, if you think it's a car that's going to last three years and you're putting them in a four and a half year note, what, what, what do we think is going to be the outcome? So I'm just really asking dealers to think through that whole scenario and, and come up with other solutions. So one of the solutions quickly that you asked is to do creative financing in the software with good software and the right contract. There's ways to structure deals that I, you know, I did at my own dealership and, and I know uh, there are about five or six softwares that will accommodate this, but it's basically just setting a special payment uh, like annually at, around tax refund season, which allows me to still get the term to work, which is better for the customer too, right? Because we, right. that way they pay less finance charge over the duration of the thing. So I get my term in a, in a, something that's more workable relative to this, you know, life expectancy. And now I've got them agreeing to make payments of 800 or a thousand dollars each year at their tax refund, which lets me keep the payment more comfortable. Right. I can keep the term right and make it all fit. So it's just a creative way to solve it. It's like, it helps to, to make it make more sense. Most of the dealers that we work with have a, actually have a risk period of, of more than 12 months, meaning the customer has to make more than 12 months of payments to cover just their cost. Mm -hmm. in the car. Mm -hmm. So now if you just scheduled your first payment 12 months out, at least you're, you know, helping to offset your risk period. And, um, and so there's techniques that we can teach dealers on how to be successful with those payments, how to get the customer to agree to get those payments in. It takes a little reminding, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but they, yeah. Uh, but it, we can be successful with that. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. And, and, uh, 
and, and you you do a ter- terrific job of explaining it, which oh, thank you. I assume is is a, a big part of what you do at the Octane Group. Is it? Can you tell us a little bit more about what the Octane Group is and and, and what what you do in in what you say twenty six states? We I've been in twenty six states professionally, calling on dealerships since I started back and started consulting in two thousand. That includes the work I did with that company back there, and then the travels I've had independently since then. But um, yeah, there are several different things we do. I think the main thing to, for people to understand about what Octane's doing, for the last year, my, my wife, she stepped out of her corporate job and joined me a year ago. And we spent the last year focusing on making our business a little more scalable so we can reach and serve more dealers. But one of the ways we did that is by creating an online training course. So that's the biggest thing I would have people understand. There's all kinds of levels of services and support that we can provide for dealers, but it starts at a really low priced um, entry for just general education on buy here, pay here. So it gives, it gives people a chance. We just sort of go in there and upload, you know, all these videos. And I think we're at like a hundred different topics in there now. And so it's just, um, it's just kind of taking our, our knowledge and making it a way that's more deliverable and people can absorb it at their pace. And, um, and so that's, that's the first thing for people to understand about what we've been doing is trying to make education more attainable for more dealers. Right. I think you interrupt you right there because I have a thought in my head Got to get it out of my mouth real fast. Yeah, yeah. How how you said the word scalable and how small can you be and be a successful buy here pay here guy as far as as how many vehicles you're selling? Super small. I think the 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 answer to that kind of ties back to overhead. In fact, I can try to remember to share when I share this uh, video. I'll share a link to a little recording that we did on something I call the volume formula because. When I meet a new dealer, I pretty much tell them, look, if you don't expect to do uh, 10 deals a month at least, it's probably not worth uh, engaging in it. And there's a lot of math behind that, but it's basically, when I say the volume formula, it's like the, the cost of doing business for a long period of time without creating enough contracts, which contracts mean car payments and cash flow. So that's why I'm saying you kind of want to get to enough volume that you're creating enough cash flow to get you, get you paid. You know, as a dealer, we want to see you make make money at it. And, and you kind of, if you go too slow and you don't create enough contracts, then most of your money that's coming in gets eaten up in overhead and we don't really get ahead. So it's kind of like I say, there's some kind of math behind that, but that's the short explanation of why I'd say, you know, can you make it work? Yeah. If you're a, you know, your transmission shop and you, your overhead is kind of covered in other ways and you don't have any direct overhead maybe associated with that but we all have some overhead software you know maybe we're gonna have to hire a collector at some point whatever we're gonna have some level of overhead and so we just don't like to see dealers go so slowly that most of what they bring in gets eaten up in overhead that's it, this is really cool I, I honestly i didn't know about your your what i didn't i don't know the answers to a lot of the questions i ask i think it's, it's <laughs> yeah well, I'm hoping you don't ask me one that I don't know. So <laughs> well, we, we can make one up, I'm sure. But right. uh, so the the training, uh, do, is, can you tell us what what that costs, or is that something you, they need to go somewhere? Oh, yeah. No, it starts at twenty nine dollars a month, and we're just kind of making it out there where you know people can get in and then cancel any time. We're trying to make sure that, in fact, we're at a stage where we're really just asking dealers get in there and give us feedback because if it's missing a piece that that you want your people to know then we're happy to talk about adding that uh but yeah we're we're just kind of at this stage where we want we want as many people to see it as possible one of the challenges we have in buy here payer is that there's so many different business approaches business models it's not like if you know a chevy store and all the chevy dealers do business the same way right in a franchise world um and even used cars can have a little more consistency with us 
business models are all over the place. You know, how one guy wants to do business in Alabama may be completely different than a dealer in Texas. And so they're, they're just different approaches. And so that's why for us, we kind of stick to the things that are really foundational and fundamental about uh, the business. And we try to make it as, you know, as inclusive as possible. Um, and then just with that in mind. And like I said to somebody the other day, if you're a buy here, pay your dealer somewhere and you, you, we have 10, let's say an example, I had 10 videos maybe on a sales module. Um, and then you, you really only four of them apply to your business. Well, at least that's four that you don't have to create yourself. That's four that you can plug in a new hire and show them and, and know that they learned exactly what you learned and what you wanted them to know. So that's why we like video is it, it gets the material very consistent and you don't have to, you don't have to, you, we know that that, that trainee was taught exactly. And if they're not doing it, it's not because they weren't taught. We know exactly what they heard you know, the yeah. way they were taught. So that's one of the other things we like about video. It creates that sort of, it, it adds a layer of accountability for a dealer when you can do that. What a tremendous tool. That's awesome. Really, I, I, I'd like to do with, with your permission is once you give me the links uh, to how they can access it, I'd like to put it on, on our resources page. Oh, of course. So they can go directly to you. So uh, if you'll listen to this, I mean, the thing about podcasts is, you know, Jim, they, they they could be listening to us in the year 2035 or something like that. That's true, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. so when you're listening to this, by the time you're listening, you should have that up on a resources page. And uh, right. who knows, maybe, maybe it'll be at the point then where it'll just be going directly to your brain and you'll be able to oh, nice. put okay. it on your eyes or something. There you go. But for yeah. now, let's just assume it's a link. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll, you'll click on it. Um, so you do some in-person training, though, too, I assume. We do. And, uh, you know, as needed, people call us out if they have that sort of um, uh, requirement. We're, we're kind of moving to a place where, you know, in this industry and in a lot of industries, uh, consulting is kind of a dirty word. Like if you think of a consultant, too often the impression is somebody that you're going to hire to fly in for a couple of days, you're going to pay them a big chunk and they're going to mm-hmm. kind of assess your situation and they're going to give you some tips and they're going to get on a plane and go home and leave you to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. We, we move more to a coach, coaching solution. We like to be kind of an ongoing coaching solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife, Michelle, comes from systems and processes background. We, she's an implementer. Like we like to help dealers figure out what the problem is, offer them some solutions on how to go about implementing it. And they can have different levels of that. If you want us there every week, we can, you know, it can look like this. So that's kind of, we're more, more moving more to implementation and coaching. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, yeah, that is, that is great. I, I think, I, I think you hit it right on the button there. Cause it, it, I see a lot of stuff like that where they're going to come out and, you know, take your money and leave. Uh, so, and you mentioned scalable is, is, is the octane group. Are you growing it? Are you adding more folks? We are, we're growing. This last year has really been a build year for us. I mean, as I said, focusing on getting that thing, of course, to getting our own podcast, you know, up and ready to go out and, and a lot of um, uh, networking, you know, with my wife, Michelle, being involved in our business, we've been out there, you know, conferences and speaking and, and getting reconnected with people that, you know, maybe I've lost touch with over the years and, you know, getting them to meet Michelle. And so that's really what the last year's kind of been a build year for us. We've been out there doing a lot of that. Now we're at a place where we are in a position to take on you know, more business and add more clients. And so we're starting to, to grow in that way. Uh, but it, st- it all started with the Institute. Like we want to be able to make sure that anybody we bring in there, we can put them on that foundational level education first, and then we'll be able to add, you know, on top of that. And it just keeps me from having to tell the same stories, you know, uh, over and over again. Right. Sure. So what's, what's the best way for them to learn more about 
the uh, the Octane Group and about what you're doing? Well, probably just the, our website. They can find um, the Octane Group, and there they'll find a link to that um, education platform, which we call the BHPH Institute. So they can either go to and BHPH, of course, to buy here, pay here. So they can go to bhphinstitute.com, or they can go to Octane.group. We're not a .com at the consulting side. We're mm -hmm. Octane.group. But yeah, they can find us that way, and then of course our YouTube channel. Okay, and and. Uh... Now, how many how many episodes do you have out? It's uh, the podcast is uh, called Toast Tote the Note, right? Tote the Note. It's brand new. We really just had our very first episode syndicated, so it's out there, you know, across Spotify and those channels. And then we've been doing YouTube for some time. A lot of what you see on YouTube is what we would think is just educational releases, you know, on certain subjects. But now we're actually starting to take our kind of our our branded um, Tote the Note podcast through YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's we're just going to kind of release it to YouTube first because we can we can make that we can turn that around more quickly and mm -hmm. then it'll go over to the uh, podcast channels uh, on and at least on audio form. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the the direction we're going. But we probably are on episode number twelve. I think we've recorded several that are in production now. We recorded three yesterday. So yeah, we're just we're we're just now really getting on in the groove on that part. Yeah, you're a busy guy. Hey, and, and guys, uh, I'll I'll put links to uh, to the Tote the Note uh, podcast that I found because I, I I really got some great value uh, oh, good. listening. Um, you guys are smart. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate. That. I, I'm gonna tell my mom you said that. <laughs> it was it was it was fun. It, it's so it's so cool to to be able to learn. Like I said, I every day is a learning experience to me because I I. Don't know if I'm doing it the right way or the wrong way. I'm just doing it the Randy Lee right. way. And right. so far it's it's putting money in my bank, but I know there's a yeah. better way to do it. And and I'm I'm excited about learning more uh from you as I as I watch what you're you're putting on there. Um, cool. and so it, it, flippers out there, look look uh, go to flippinggenius.com. I only afford the the one with one G in it. See it above my head. Uh, yeah. If you're watching the video, and uh, I'll I'll put links uh, to uh, Jim's podcast, and I'll I'll put links to the uh, uh, the Octane Group, and we'll also put links to the uh, BHPH Institute, um, so you can see all that stuff, and um, and we'll, we'll we'll just keep getting smarter and smarter. It's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. our heads we, will be bigger or something. That's right. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. We're going to obviously spread the word about what you do over at Flipping Genius as well. So we appreciate the invitation to to uh, get involved here. Well, thank you. And and I, I know, I mean, obviously, you, you got a ton of stuff cooking. So I, I'm going to let you get going. Be, be, before you do, is there anything else that you want to share with the, the Flipping Genius audience? Something, something else I forgot to ask you. No, I just think for those that are contemplating buy here, payer, maybe there is even a flipping scenario to be aware of in buy here, payer. Like the opportunity, if you really don't want to service these contracts for three years or whatever, there is such a scenario where you can originate contracts and, and batches. And, and maybe if you had enough capital, you could season them. And what I mean by that is let the customer make payments for three months. And then you could take that batch of contracts and sell them. There's plenty of, um, of outlets for selling those contracts in bulk. And so there's a market for that. And so if dealers just want to originate the contract and season it a little bit and then sell it, that's a flipping opportunity and buy here fair. Wow, what an interesting idea. Do you talk about that at all in your training? We haven't much. I mean, we're, we're really in the business, first and foremost, of teaching dealers how to service their own paper. 
I mean, that's really what we live every day. Uh, but we, we recognize that there are dealers out there doing this. And right now with the high cost of cars, it's a model that, you know, is worth looking at. It can be, you can do some of both. It could be that you originate 15 contracts and you sell 10 of them and, and hold the other five. You know, there's all kinds of scenarios there, but, but there are plenty of people that we know that are in the business of buying that bulk paper. They, they reach out to us all the time, wondering if we have any dealers wanting to sell. And wow. so that opportunity is always there. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I, I know there's so much more that, that if I was smarter, I would have had, had more questions to ask you. <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I'm I, happy I, to come back again. Yeah, I, we would love to, for you to do that. I'll, 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 I'll think of some more things to ask. And, and <laughs> folks out there, you know, through the Car Flipping Forum uh, or through uh, questions at, at flippingquestions at gmail.com, send me your questions. Send me uh, things that, you know, say, hey, Randy, you dummy, you should ask this, you should have asked that. And uh, <laughs> we'll have a second chance. And uh, I would I would greatly appreciate that, Jim, if, if, if we could uh, meet up again. And uh, oh, of course. yeah, I, I think it, it could be really cool. Yeah, hey, I'm, we're done. Well, I'm going to let it let you go, Jim. Hey, everybody, uh, let's work together. Let's let's make some money. Let's all become flipping geniuses. <laughs>